So, Mike, I'm walking home today, mm-hmm. and suddenly my Apple Watch starts going crazy. Ping, 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 ping. I look down, and this is what I see. I've sent you something on iMessage. Okay. I told you this would happen. <laughs> I remembered you, Mike, saying this was going to happen. And uh, yes, so I sent Mike a screenshot of my Apple Watch screen that had too many buy milk reminders that, had, that scrolled off the visible, the visible area. <laughs> From both recording and editing the show, my watch wanted to remind me to buy milk when I left the office. I'm so happy that this happened to you, especially today. I told you this was going to happen. Yes, well, I was extra confused today, and it took me much longer than normal to figure out what the situation was. Why do I have all of these reminders? <laughs> I'll just say something like, hey, Siri, remind me to buy milk when I leave the office. Like that, that kind of thing. That's what I use reminders okay. for. <laughs> remind you about buy milk when you leave work. Thank you, Siri. See? That's it. Um, that's, the, that's the case where I use it sometimes, and it's great. And, and now, when I get back to my office, which is, what, 2,000 miles and at least two months away, as soon I as will you buy leave some it, milk. Yeah. You're going to be like, huh, okay. You'll come home that day, and you'll put the milk in the fridge. Say, There's so much milk here already. What, what happened to me? <laughs> I'm probably going to put in a flashback to that. A flashback to that is exactly what the what the people need. With yeah. the little, you have to do the flashback sounds mm-hmm. as well, the, like the harps. No. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know why we have a, as a civilization have standardized on the harp, harpy, watery sounds as the flashback sound, but this is where we are. First usage of flashback sound. I don't think that's going to be a very fruitful Google search. Yeah, I've I've, I've given up on that. <laughs> wow, that was fast. That didn't take. Yeah, long. all of the results were nothing. I'm not wasting time. Yeah, we don't have any time to waste. On, no. Because, Mike, I've, I figure you have 90 minutes with me mm-hmm. at most before I start to fall apart. So we, we, can't, we can't spend any time Googling about what's the origin of the flashback sound. And we've only spent 30 minutes together, which is very rare. I mean, usually we will spend at least two hours before we start recording. Today's got to be business. Business only today. Boom, boom, boom. We got to get stuff done. Extenuating circumstances, which, again, I know you hate this phrase, but in a very out-character move for you, uh, you you just, like, arrived in London a mere couple of hours ago, and here we are recording a podcast. What, what a thing. Yes. Three hours ago, mm-hmm. I was on a plane mm-hmm. from America, and now I'm recording a podcast with you, which is not something I want to do. Uh, not obviously recording a podcast with you, Mike. I'm always very happy to do this. High on the list of things that you want. To High do. on the list of things that I want to do. Low on the list is recording after having just arrived home. I've I've do this. I do this every now and then. Um, I will arrive home from a trip and I will record, and it is a very disorienting experience. I've, as I warned you at some point during the episode today, you're likely to get a little bit loopy because that's what happens to me. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we're recording today because there's literally no other day that no. could work for us no. for doing the show. We moved it like twice already, <laughs> and here we are. And and also, I asked you today to move it sooner, which mm-hmm. sooner in time, which may be the first time I've ever done that. 
because yes. I always want to push things back. And also, also, this is the first time ever Gray has showed up to record, ready to record, before the scheduled time. Okay, now that's that's this just is, this is totally true. Yeah, this that, is yeah, not slandering by any way. When you work with somebody for four <laughs> years, which is how long we've been doing this show for now, which is mm-hmm. a wild thing to think about. During any collaborative process like that, you just learn how the other person works. I'm sure that there are many things that you know about me, right? That are just like, mm-hmm. I know Mike's going to react this way, so I'll work with him within these parameters. Yes. And one of those for working with you is we will set a time. That time is when you will start to get ready, not when we will start recording. Mm-hmm. That's true. That is true. So yeah. I know that like when we say, all right, record at 3 o'clock, we will be on the phone together probably about 3.30. But that's just yeah, the that's way fair. it is. Because then I now know, so I start my preparation at three. I'm never sitting here ready to record when we say we're going to record. Yeah, uh, that, is, that is totally fair. And it, But you are right. Today, I was like, as soon as I walked through the door, basically, said hello to my wife. And I was like, I got to get ready for Cortex. <laughs> <laughs> Honey, I know I haven't seen you in a few weeks, but Mike's waiting. Yeah, well, well yeah. The, the, the thing was I, was, I was standing at the baggage carousel think, thinking about, Oh God! There's a show later today, mm-hmm. and I've just I've just stepped off this plane, and what's a coming is jet lag. But I thought if I if I wait too long, the jet lag is going to hit. Yes. So what what I need to do is a podcast shock and awe campaign mm-hmm. to my body to the senses. Yeah. Just hey, you're up. Uh, we're, we're going to walk home and we're basically going to go straight into the recording booth. There's going to be nothing that even resembles relaxation. It's like, nope, I'm not going to, I'm not going to take a shower and get cozy. No, it's like straight off the plane, right into the recording booth because I know full well, if I don't do this, I'm just going to, I'm just going to die. You're effectively still traveling. Yes. Yeah. And I, I I think that is the way that I'm sort of tricking my brain. It's like, oh, we have a layover at Cortex (laughs) airport and then we can sleep, right? That's what this moment is. But also to give the listeners a little bit of a sense of this, I was, I was trying to count on the flight over. And I have been away from home in America for 73 days. Summer of gray. My word. Yes, it has been, uh, it has been quite a trip. Wait, when did it start? Well, see, you're, you're thinking, Mike, you're thinking, Mike, oh, I, my summer started at WWDC when we saw each other. But I had already been in America at a totally oh, yeah. other conference before WWDC even started. Yes, I remember now. Yeah, I remember now. <laughs> right? Wow. So, and then, but like, after that conference, I had, some, like, work stuff that I needed to do at another So I had, like, I basically had, before you saw me, there were already three events that I had been a part of. And then I saw you at Blimey. WWDC. And then after WWDC, there was more things that needed to happen. I had to go to VidCon and then after oh. VidCon, there was more stuff that happened, and I've only just returned. How was VidCon? I haven't even asked you. Uh, okay, listen, we'll get to VidCon. Okay. Oh, we'll get to VidCon. So I, this has been, I've said it every summer because it's been true every summer. This is a total record for travel time. And 
you say summer of gray, but it's also not even over yet because you and I were just trying to plan when are we going to record in August and realize that we only have three days out of the whole month between the two of us that we could even possibly do it because uh, like in less than a week, I already have another travel thing that I need to do. And then there's two more events in August. So it's like the, the summer, this summer of gray for traveling is a, is a tremendously long traveling season. But yeah, so I'm, I'm very adjusted to America time after 73 days. And so, yes, that's why it's like, got to record the podcast immediately before the jet lag hits me. <laughs> well, you know, you're an early riser. It's like 6 a.m. right now. So you're fine. Yeah, no, it's great. It's, it's perfect. Everything's, everything's perfect. <laughs> so good, nice, nice and orderly here so far. I, I see what you're doing there, Mike. Yeah. I see what you're doing there. <laughs> so last year... I talked about how the travel stuff was just a total disaster for me. But this year, right, is, is Year of Order 2. The Revenge of Order, I think, was the exact title that I gave it before. Mm. And then I realized I have this enormous amount of travel in the, in the middle. I do have to say, I have a little Year of Order update, which is, for a change, it's a very nice Year of Order update in that I knew this big stretch of time was going to come. And so I went into the summer with a with a with the clearest mindset that I ever have had on any of my traveling trips of like, okay, you can't travel for so long and let things fall apart the way they do other times. So I have been really good about trying to maintain some kind of normal life schedule while traveling this time. And so it's like, but I made a real conscientious effort of, like, I still have to go to the gym on a regular basis, which I've been really good about. Although I have discovered, or I should say I've rediscovered what I always knew, which is I really hate exercising in the morning. I like, I, I don't have words to describe how much I hate exercising in the morning. Okay. Not 100% sure why that's related. But. It's related because there were some days where stuff started too early. And, and I thought, like, the thing that's important is I have to keep... Like exercise is part of the order. Like it's a right, foundational right. thing. And there were some days, you know, say, for example, it's at VidCon where the days are starting early and I just know full well that as soon as I leave the hotel, like I'm never coming back until I'm ready to go to bed. <laughs> and <back>. so <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm sure it feels a lot like that at VidCon. Well, this might be the last time I leave this hotel. <laughs> But yeah, so like I would exercise in the mornings because I knew like if I didn't do this, if I didn't put in the effort, effort to do this, like I'm just not going to. And so that that's why it's sort of it's related is on days when I was busy, I was still really trying to make this effort. And I was like, boy, do I hate exercising in the morning. I hate it with a tremendous passion. And I resent all of the other people who are in the gym who look like, oh, they're having a great start to their day. And I'm I'm the guy who's literally bringing in coffee with me to sip between different exercises. I'm like trying to wake up and get ready for the day. So it's a little it's a little brutal. But can we talk about exercise for a second? Sure. I have a I have a I have a thing that's frustrating me. What's frustrating you? When when I hear people talking about exercising and they talk about how it makes you happier and like releases the endorphins yeah. and all that kind of stuff. I understand all of that. I have never experienced this in my entire life. No matter how frequent I am with exercise, it doesn't make me feel happier. 
I'm with you 100%. Okay. I thought if anybody would be, it would be you. I, I can't relate any time in my life where exercise has made me feel happier. <laughs> um, I'm laughing because you just say it. You said it so directly and so starkly there. But yes, yeah. I can agree with that sentence. There's never been any time in my life where exercise has made me feel better. The results yes. is a different thing. But that's not what people are talking about when they're talking about right. like, oh, it will declutter your mind and all that kind of stuff. It doesn't yeah. do any of that. It just adds another thing in my life that I don't want to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the comparison for me is there's very much a saying among people who write for a living. They're like, writing is terrible. Having written is great. That is the closest I can get with mm. exercise is like, like on, I'm thinking of two mornings in particular where I had like very busy days, but I still did find time to exercise in the morning. Later in the day, I can think, oh, good on me for exercising this morning, right? I'm, like, I'm very happy with myself for having done that. I don't think that's what people are talking about, though. Yeah, no, I know. It's like that is, that is like a very abstract layers removed, like talking myself into it, feeling about exercise is great. I believe people who describe this experience of... Yeah, I'm not saying they that they're like lying. high from exercise. Yeah. Because it makes sense. Yeah, it's the only thing that makes sense. But I've just never experienced this phenomenon. <laughs> yeah, well, this is, this, I think this came up ages ago when you asked me about trying out running because mm -hmm. you, were, you were going to be really annoyed if I was another one of your friends who got on the running train. Yeah. And I did not... Good. But but part part of the running thing for me was as well, like giving it enough of a try to be able to definitively say this experience that other people get out of running, I am never going to get out of it. And now I'm done. Right. Like I've I've given it enough of a try and this is just not this is just not happening. It is the thing I will never understand. Again, like I know many people that love running. I know many people that have found running later in their lives. Right. Like that it's not just mm -hmm. a thing because you were bad at it when you were a kid. I cannot fathom how this is ever an enjoyable activity. It is like one of, <laughs> I have tried many types of exercise. Running is the thing that is the most painful to me. It uh, totally is true. And, and, and I really, like, I feel so strongly about writing in this same category of, of some people like, oh, you must really love writing. No, <laughs> like I, I really love having, I was, I was like, I was just talking to a, a, a friend who sort of does similar work where he has to write stuff like this. And, and we were both commiserating over the same thing where other people go like, oh, your job must be so interesting and you must love writing about this stuff. And it was like, no, I love having written, right, finishing a thing and publishing it and getting it out into the world. That's great. But like the process itself is not fun at all. And, and exercise yeah. is the same thing. It's like, oh, both of these activities, they're good for me. And I feel much better later in the day if I've done them in the morning. But an exercise high is as, as baffling to me as the concept of a writer's high. Like, oh, I'm really happy while I'm, while I'm churning this out. Like, no, this is not a thing that my brain is, is built for. And apparently it's not a thing that your brain is built for, which is why we can commiserate together over this. Good. <laughs> 
This episode of Cortex is brought to you by Squarespace. You can make your next move with Squarespace because they will let you easily create a website for your next idea. With Squarespace, you can very simply register your own domain name. You can take advantage of and customize beautiful award-winning templates and be safe in the knowledge that if you need any help at all, there is a 24-7 customer support team waiting right there for you. They have won awards for this. Their support is top notch. Squarespace is an all-in-one platform. It doesn't matter what type of website you want to build. They have all of the tools and features you're going to need. There's nothing to install or patch or upgrade. They have got it covered. Whether you want to create a blog, a portfolio, a site for your business or band, or even an online store, Squarespace has the features you are looking for. I've been using Squarespace for like 10 years. I have projects that I'm working on right now that will have Squarespace websites because I know how to do it. It's super simple and easy, and I end up with a wonderful professional-looking thing at the end of it. You can try it out today by going to squarespace.com slash cortex. There's no credit card required to try it. You can build your own website, and then when you're ready to launch it out to the world, you sign up for one of Squarespace's plans. They start at $12 a month, but you can get 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain by going to squarespace.com slash cortex and using the code cortex at checkout. At squarespace.com slash cortex and the code cortex for 10% off your first purchase. Our thanks to Squarespace for their continued support of this show and all of Relay FM. Squarespace, make your next move make your next website to to quickly answer your question about vidcon uh, and to like sort of tie up a little bit some of my year of order stuff is i very much treated vidcon and a number of the things i was doing this summer as but particularly vidcon as a surgical strike i was like okay i am i'm getting into la and Boom, boom, boom. What are the what are the three most high value things for me to do? It's like, okay, I've got one event, I've got another event, I've got two meetings, and then I want to get the hell out of here as fast as possible. So I was very aware that like part of this concept of trying to maintain a year of order was was very much like a thing that we've discussed before is this. It's like conflict when you go to conferences or like when you're at WWDC about what are you participating in and what are you not participating in. And you feel like, oh, you spend all of this time and effort to travel to a place. You want to try to extract all of the value out of it that you possibly can. And this summer for me was very much the opposite of like, okay, I am going to all of these places, but I'm just going to try to do like the smallest number of highest value activities that I can while I'm at those places. And while that does mean for me that I like strictly speaking, I got a lot less out of any of the particular things that I went to. I feel like it was a it was much more sustainable over the long run. So I th- I think this might be um, something that I try to maintain going forward for any kind of traveling and events that I do. Is like okay, you don't have to try to extract all of the value from whatever okay. it is. Try to think about what's the highest value per unit time. And then still maintain as much of a normal life as you possibly can around the corners of that. I can totally see how that has worked for you, right? Like, I, I get that. <laughs> I, that sounds... I like the way you say that because that's very clearly something that you're like, I see how that works for you. Yeah, no, but it does. And it wouldn't doesn't work for many other people, I don't think. But if I did what you do, I would have to do what you're doing. Like, if I was away for such long periods of time like you are, I would have to do that. If I stayed away from home for 76 days, going from place to place, the only way that I could keep Mm. my business running is to employ that method. But I don't do that because that would that wouldn't Mm. it wouldn't work for me. I mean what it does is that I have these intense periods of crunch 
right? So like, because I travel mm -hmm. to a lot of different places quite frequently, I have, you know, like I'll have a week away, then two weeks of crunch, calm week, and then a week away again. And that's just, that's that's the difference between the way that our travel allows us or will force us to work. I don't necessarily like my method, but it kind of mm -hmm. works for me. Although it is actually helping me inform 2020's theme a little bit, um, which I've already started thinking about. Oh, interesting. Yeah. But again, it's like with the type of travel that I do, I wouldn't want to, to operate the way that you do. But if I traveled the way that you did, I would probably have to do something pretty similar. Yeah. Well, and, and this is also where I think the really key thing for for anybody thinking about how to arrange a life is that like, you need to know yourself and your own limitations and advantages and things like that sounds so obvious and dumb but it's actually quite hard to do but part of the reason why i arrange these stupidly large blocks of travel is that i i know for me the time change is just so brutal and has such a high cost in terms of productivity that's that that's why like it makes mm -hmm. sense for me to try to bundle as much together as is possible yeah whereas when you were describe your schedule the number of times that you go back and forth to america it, in the time where like i have just stayed right i would die if i if i did it the way that you did it and i would also just lose so much of the productive time after any of those events because of that time change so, like i couldn't possibly do it that way i really do wish i could be more like you in this case i, I wish the time change didn't affect me so much because i if i could engineer it i would much rather be able to say like oh i'm gonna fly to america more often for shorter periods of time and like try to get everything out of the event that i possibly can but i just don't i just don't think that's the way that works for me it's interesting to hear you say mike that you've been thinking about your theme mm -hmm. for next year because obviously the summer is the best time to be thinking about themes and so i too have been thinking about my upcoming theme I've even settled on what it's going to be, but I know that we're not allowed to talk about this now. And so we'll have to wait until later in the yep. year to actually visit this topic because yep. Mike won't let us talk about well, it. Because it doesn't start yet. But I'm, That's why. But I'm just, I'm glad to see, I'm glad to see that you're slowly coming around. I don't think I've to, ever disagreed with the idea. Too obviously the summer that, is the best time to think about yeah, themes. I think it's fine as a time to think about them because you've, you've mm -hmm. done like six months, you've already done half of the year of your current theme. I just don't think mm -hmm. it's necessarily the right time to implement them. Rolling into September, that's that's when you want to have new themes, I think. That's, yeah, I think that's you the should, obvious. Should, that's the well, obvious time. We'll talk about that later on, I guess. <laughs> um, I want to say one of my trips that I'm doing, my next trip, actually, um, is a trip that I tend to take every year. Uh, it, I didn't take it last year because we got married. Uh, not me and you. Uh, I was going <laughs> to say, not a surprise. us. For everybody, I think, including me and you, but nevertheless, uh, is a trip that I take to Memphis every year to spend some time with my business partner, Stephen, and we go through a lot of the stuff that we are doing with the business and you know, that kind of stuff. We just spend some time together. Um, but this year, we are then going to be traveling together to San Francisco because we're going to be putting on a big live show in San Francisco to celebrate Relay FM's fifth anniversary because that's what august this year brings so if you are going to be in or around uh, san francisco on august the 22nd 
Uh, we're going to be doing a live show. I will put a link to tickets in the show notes for this episode. Um, it's going to feature a bunch of Relay FM hosts, and we're going to be doing uh, kind of a kind of variety show. We're, we're working on some fun stuff for that. So if you're going to be around, you should come out to the show because we're going to try and make it as big and as fun as we possibly can. It is shocking to me that Relay is five years old. Shocking to me. It's just I can't. It's it's in. I don't know. It's one of those things. Like it's inconceivable. It's it feels. Too old and too young at the same time. But congratulations. Happy birthday. Thank you. Oh, thank you very much. It makes me feel confident for the next five years. Because I feel like we have done five years without any major toll on our lives, if that makes sense. Right? Where like I feel like, oh, we did that. And everything's good. Like I don't feel mm-hmm. like I have driven myself into the ground over five years trying to like by hook or by crook make this business work. You know what I mean? Mm. And so like I feel like we we are operating within our skill set. We are growing within a a level that we can can handle, right? And that we're adapting. Like I feel like we're taking the taking things in our stride as opposed to absolutely giving every ounce that I have, if that makes sense. So I I feel confident for the next 5 years because the previous 5 years have gone by pretty well. Congratulations. Thank On you. On to 50. 50 years of podcasting. 50. <laughs> 50 seems like more than I'm willing to commit to at this moment. Oh, uh, okay. All right. All right. Yeah. So, but another, another five years. Another yeah, five, I can, I can for sure. Five I can do another five, and then we'll, then we'll reevaluate. 50 seems like too much. <laughs> yeah. But no, you, should, you, should be, you should be very proud of what you guys have built together. Thank you. Mike, I don't know if you remember, but what seems like a thousand years ago, during the summer, I sent you a message. I can't remember why we were talking about putting the betas on our devices. Uh-huh. And I said to you, oh, you know, it's a, t- it's a terrible idea. And we must one mustn't be too hasty about putting the betas on their devices. And I sent you a little a little Lord of the Rings meme on this topic, which I 100 percent got. Yes. Yeah. And I'm mm-hmm. sure you did 100 percent. get. totally got it. Right. But see, the thing the thing that you didn't know, Mike is that message really wasn't for you. That message was for me. I was, I was just as much trying to tell myself, don't put the beta on your device, you total moron. So how long have you been running the beta? In less than 24 hours after I sent you, <laughs> the, <laughs> after I sent you the tree beard mustn't be too hasty meme, I had put developer beta 2 oh, on my iPad. Because there wasn't even a public beta at that point in time. I at least held till four. <laughs> here's, the, here's the thing, like, I didn't tell you because I felt ashamed. I was like, oh, I can't believe I totally crumbled. Like, I, I 100% completely crumbled. But I at least was wise because I, since, since I was traveling I had made a iTunes backup of my iPad mm-hmm. before I had started this whole process. And I think it only took me about a week before I realized I had made a terrible decision. And for the first time ever, I've actually reversed on having the betas on any of my devices. Oh, you're probably so I, okay now, by the way. Two was really no, bad. Don't, don't, four, don't is, this, four is good. Um, I'm running it. It's, I mean, <sighs> I get ish. There are issues every now and then. There are like weird things that happen, but most of the time, just a reboot of the device fixes it. Yeah. I, I'm, no, no, look, I'm, I'm going to try to stay off the betas until the actual 
until the actual thing comes out, right? No more betas for me. That's, right. that's my that's that's my policy. You know now that you're going to put beta four on your device within the next twenty four hours, right? You know that that's going to happen now because you just said that. No, I, I I I don't think so. Did you get a chance to use a mouse of your iPad yet? No, I didn't. I I didn't oh have any. Oh my god! Uh, I didn't use. Oh the my mouse. god! Do you great. like it? Oh my god! It's changed. It's changed my life. Really? Yes. Because now I can observe correct posture at all times when using my iPad on a desk. So, so you have your iPad, what, like mounted at eye level now and you can use a mouse with yeah. it? Is that what you're doing? I have a really good stand called the Clearlook stand of a K and mm-hmm. it's at eye level and I can sit with my bridge keyboard, like detached, I just use that keyboard because I get detached to my iPad from it, put it in the stand and a Logitech mm-hmm. mouse and it's a dream. It is so easy to adapt. It's unbelievable. Have you tried an external monitor with it yet? No, I haven't tried that yet. Come on, Mike. I don't have one. I literally have a spare LG monitor. I don't think I want it. <laughs> no, but, but listen, like you're you're actually going to you're actually going to be near me in less than a week. Oh wait, I have my PC monitor. I could use that. Oh okay. yeah, use your PC monitor then. All right, I'll try it. I was going to try to have you drag one of these LG monitors that I hate yeah, away from me. I know so I you are. I know you are, and I didn't want it. I really, I was like having to find a way around it, and I don't want it. This, let's, let's be honest here. That moment was much less about you than it was about me. Oh, I know. Trying to think about what to do with these stupid. Monitors. Oh, I, I know you're trying to get rid of it because you got to make space for a six thousand dollar monitor and a one thousand dollar stand. I know what you're doing. <laughs> if it's so, you have you have a PC monitor. I I want you to try that and report back because okay. I think that's you. Like if you if you're already you have the iPad on the on the mount, you got to go all in. Do it on the external monitor, and like. And time is now a circle, and like we've come come right back to oh, I've turned my iPad into a computer with an external keyboard, an external mouse, and an external monitor, and you you have to give that a try again. And I know when people hear this, they think that it's insane, right? That like why would it's you not, do this? It's not remotely. No, no, no. But, but I I can understand why people was like, what are you doing? Just use a Mac. Like I get for this you, most of the time I'm like, no, you you, there, you have no argument. But in this case, it's like, all right, I understand what you're saying, but no, I disagree. Is, I disagree. There's no okay. no no th- no. <laughs> this time people have no argument. Okay, this okay. is. Because because now it's just a question of oh you have a different operating system preference right that but like that's it, what it's I'm gone saying so circle that's, yeah that that's that's the point the point is I prefer iOS I prefer the apps on iOS I prefer the way that I use iOS to get stuff done it makes more sense to me I find it more enjoyable like it's basically this boils it down to the absolute essence now because it's not about form factor it's not about hardware this now mm. is just about iOS and iPad OS is amazing and I love it and I'm really excited about it and I cannot wait for all the applications to, to like to start supporting the multiple instance stuff because I'm realizing mm. how much of a difference it's going to make for me to have so like for example you know like we spoke about a long time ago, like basically when iOS 11 came out, the idea of having these like fixed spaces that you would have, mm-hmm. I can see how I'm able to do some of that stuff, right? Because let's say, for example, I have my show notes for Connected, right? Um, my mm-hmm. show notes for Connected will include um, a Google Doc and an Apple Note. Mm-hmm. 
And then all I need to do is be able to click links in my Apple Note and open Safari or whatever, right? So I can copy and paste things or read stuff from, from Safari. Now, what I've been doing in the past is like, oh, I'll have Safari on one side, Docs on another side, and then use uh, Notes and Slide Over. But if I'm willing to change that up a little bit and use Docs on one side and Notes on another side and then use Safari and Slide Over, then I can set up scenarios where I could have, for example, just a shortcut on my home screen that I would tap it to open a link to the Google Doc. And because the last time I would have used that Google Doc, like that exact one would be side by side with the note in its own window, right? So I would end up in a situation where all I need to do is open the link to that Google Doc and the note is always going to be there. My like my connected show notes and my connected like research notes will always be next to each other because that was the last t- pair that I used them in. So just so I understand, can you set that up as an individual? Can you do that for multiple shows to have a link to click that brings you into yes. the environment? Mm-hmm. Because right now I have a shortcut that I've built, which gives me a drop down so I can set both a relevant time tracking timer and then open the Google Doc, right? So like I just right. choose, I, I hit it, it's like which show, I press Cortex and it opens the Cortex Google Doc, right? But now right. because the last, because I would have basically set it up to have these individual windows of docs and notes next to each other for like Google Docs and Apple Notes. So it's got like the running show mm. notes and my research notes. They will always open together because it was the last pair that I had them in. So it just becomes a fixed window. That's a really interesting use case. I didn't. I didn't think about that. That if a, if an app supports a, a link like that to a particular part of it, that that a, that a, you can use that as a hook to mm-hmm. a two app environment. And it also, but it doesn't even need to be a link like that because so many apps would support this in shortcuts. So like I could do it the mm. other way around. I could open a specific note, Apple Note, using shortcuts. So I could just have it that way, which is even easier to do. But I just already have it set up with the link to the Google Doc. Boy, that's very interesting. That's very interesting. I didn't even think about it like that. So then like you could even just have like you could create a shortcut and then you could create a home screen icon for it. And then you could just tap the home screen icon and it would take you to that pair. Hmm. I might have to install the beta and give this a try. Uh, <laughs> I think the only problem is the only problem is not you know like I can't do this right now because Google Docs doesn't have multi window like it doesn't have it right. But you could do right, it with yeah, Notes yeah. and Safari. Yeah, yeah. The the thing um, the the reason why I got pulled by the beta is because I I just so love the iPad now as my little research buddy, and all of this multiple window stuff is is the kind of thing that I. I found myself continually frustrated on of like, God damn it, I just want two safaris so I can have one for one project and one for the other project. Like that was the whole reason why I wanted to put the beta on was so I could just get started with that. But mm-hmm. I ran into too many just deal breaking problems or complications uh, it, with the beta. But it's like they that multiple window stuff is out. the thing that 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 really pulled me. Um, but that's that is an interesting description that you've said. But yeah, I'm excited about it. I'm very excited about it. I can't I can't wait. I mean, I know it's going to take a long time for Google Docs to update, but it will be great when they do. <laughs> Can't wait. Yeah, there's there's one thing that that because um, whenever I have loaded up any of the betas, the first thing I want to do is, of course, mess around in all of the settings for everything, because you can often find like little stuff that hasn't been mentioned elsewhere, like hiding in the settings. And I found one thing 
in the developer beta, which I was originally like, I took a screenshot and I was going to send it to you and go, oh, look. But then I realized I would have to confess that I had installed the beta. So mm -hmm, I just saved mm -hmm. it until this very moment. But I'm going to send you a screenshot of a setting that I found deep in screen time. I couldn't get it to work in the developer beta. But what it, what it looks like is it's a setting that allows you to say, during downtime, do you want to allow specific contacts oh. to still be able to reach you? Now, like the wording on it is a little bit strange about like specific contacts. Is this during downtime or like are there limits for people or whatever? But it does it does look like, at least in that beta, there's the option to be able to say this person should still be able to get in touch with you, even if the device is in downtime. That's and good. If if that makes it into the final thing, I will be so happy because that has always been my number one problem is like, I still want my wife to be able to get in touch with me, even if the device is in downtime. And it seems crazy to me like that's that hasn't been possible before. So that was a little thing that I was very excited about. And I remember being a, like, I was a little grumpy after WWDC because I was like, oh, I didn't I didn't expect to get any any changes for iMessage or notification hierarchies. But at least there's here's a little bit of a, a little bit of a something that's still moving in the right direction. So I just want to thank whatever Apple engineers uh, are working on that feature. <laughs> Honestly, I'm surprised that they have done as much as they have done. Like there are other little bits and bobs, right, that are in this that have been added mm -hmm. to screen time and to app limits and all that kind of stuff. Like I I think we originally thought this is gonna be like a one and done. And yeah. like cause one of the things that I saw and that is considered a resolved issue is that downtime settings are coming to like they're syncing to the Apple Watch now, which is something that we spoke about as like this is a thing that's just always been broken. But it seems yeah. like they're a thing. That's the thing that they're now trying to fix. Because this definitely felt like one of those features where it's like, all right, we've done the bare minimum now, and wait four years for an update to it. You know, and then it's coming to the Mac too, right? Which is the other thing we wanted. So, yeah, I, I'm always happy to see continual motion, and so that, that's that's the other reason why I felt really happy about that. It's like, oh, okay, great, yeah. It, it doesn't make sense necessarily to talk about this on stage because it's a minor thing, but I'm just glad to know that there's still an active team that's working on this stuff. So I was, I was very happy about that, but I'm, I'm still going to try to hold off on the beta for at least until the end of the show. This episode of Cortex is brought to you in part by Hover. If you need to register a domain name, Hover is the place that you should go. Not just because they're the place I use for hundreds of domain names. Not just because they've been a sponsor of Cortex since the beginning, but because they're the best in the business. Hover has over 300 domain name extensions to choose from, so no matter what you want to make, Hover has a domain name waiting for you. And if you run into any difficulties at all, they have an excellent technical support team that can answer any of your questions. Just one of the many reasons I like Hover, they include who is privacy for free, which means that people can't just look up your personal information randomly online. And their user interface is just so clean. You go to Hover, there's one thing to do, it's get yourself a domain name, and the interface speaks to that. Behind the scenes, if you need to change anything, everything is nice and obvious. I love their interface. That's why if I have an idea for a project, Hover is the place I go to get that name. So you, whatever domain name you have in your head right now that you'd like to get, 
go to hover.com slash cortex. That's the place to get your domain name and also get a 10% discount on all new purchases. That's hover.com slash cortex. Make a name for yourself with Hover. Our thanks to Hover for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. So considering that I think over the years, having not only just increased our traveling time, but I mean, we've both just finished some travel. It made me think it might be worth spending a little bit today talking about our bags and what goes in our bags. Because um, I'm intrigued to to kind of understand if and how your travel bag and a daily bag changes for you. I am definitely in a mode where I do not have any kind of daily carry bag now. I have a travel bag only um, because I don't need a bag when I'm in my average daily life because like I don't co-work anymore like I used to or anything like that. So like I have other backpacks around and if I need to go somewhere on a day, I'll grab one and throw some stuff in it. But I don't have a like set bag like I do my travel bag, hmm. which is by and large, I add things to it every time, but it's pretty much like it's there. It's got its stuff in it and I'm ready to go with it. Um, you know, like I have my iPad or whatever and then I'm, I'm good for my trip. So I wanted to maybe spend a bit of time today talking about what bags we're using, what goes in them, and why. Oh, you've, you've caught me at a, at a real bag transition mode. Okay. Maybe we can talk about what's not working for you. <laughs> well, like, I'm in an interesting position where years ago I had a very, very clear backpack system of like, okay, I've got these two backpacks and it depends on where I'm going for the day, which one I'm going to grab. And I had a bunch of redundant equipment in each of them. And I had a little checklist to go through and make sure like each bag was always up to date with whatever it is that I needed. Then when I eventually got an office outside of the house, that situation sort of crumbled away because sort of like like you just said, I didn't need to have a like a working bag to bring out to the coffee shop with me all the time. But it may be coming back at least for a little while because I have abandoned the glass cube and I am currently officeless which uh, I left as a situation for future Gray to resolve when he was done with all of his traveling. And uh, that's now current me. And finding a new office is never a quick thing. So I have been thinking about bags and like, what do I need to, what do I need to do? And I may be back to at least temporarily a kind of a system like I used to have. But why don't you, why don't you tell me what's, what's your current situation so that I could possibly crib good ideas for you and then i'll tell you what i have hacked together at the moment all right so my current bag is the peak design everyday backpack the 20 liter version so they do a 20 and like a 30 liter the 30 liter is too big for me i think and it's also more than i need because the 20 liter i can fit everything that i want to take with me and still have a little bit of space in it so that i've been very happy with that um, i've used this bag for over a year now and i'm very happy with it um it is in essence, a camera bag. That's kind of what yeah. it was designed for. Uh, or at least it was designed by people that make camera bags. So Peak Design yeah. make a bunch of different types of bags, but they all have uh, focus or features that have been learned from having been a company that has made camera bags for a long time. So there's a lot of really interesting bits and bobs that this bag has like one of the main things like it all opens from the side instead of the top is how you access the main stuff and then there are these like 
changeable like Velcro shelves inside of the bag, essentially, which which divide it up into different sections that you can amend and change to your heart's content. And it has a bunch of pockets and nice little features that I like a lot um, that work well for how I like to have my bag set up. Yeah, it's it's a really amazing backpack in terms of uh sometimes people want to know about like projects that i've killed and uh i think on the last show i mentioned oh i've I've shot a bunch of vlogs that never made it anywhere one of one of those projects i could mention here is two summers ago or maybe three i can't even remember now uh i first got this backpack when i when i first came across it I basically shot a whole vlog about just traveling with this backpack, which then I realized afterward was like, it was just very boring. Like it wasn't interesting. Nobody wants to see someone travel around with a backpack, trying it out for a whole while. But Oh yeah, they don't? I, this I, is like I don't a whole that, thing on YouTube. Like this is like a whole thing. Yeah. Well, anyway, I, I scrapped it. It's gone. It's dead. It'll never, it'll never be a thing. It might be people don't want to see your version of it, but there, there are versions, yeah. right? But like it's, it's yeah. a very specific type of thing. But the, but like the reason I mentioned that is because it is a bag that it, that is actually interesting enough that that kind of project yep. could even be conceived, whereas most backpacks are much more straightforward. And uh, if if you are looking for a backpack, I think it's one that is worth giving a look because it is very different from most backpacks that you're going to come across. Um, and yeah, so I have I have kind of my own journey that I've been on with that backpack, which I can I can get to later. But it's it's an it's an interesting one to check out. I also see them, particularly at WWDC. I was very aware that again, even though it is ostensibly a camera bag, it seemed very popular with the developer crowd as well. Of of people, there were a lot of everyday carry backpacks at WWDC. And so I've been very happy with this bag and I want to run through with you my typical what what goes in. Yeah. So my 11-inch iPad Pro is what I will take with me when I travel um, and I have the Bridge Pro keyboard with it which kind of makes it like a nice laptop form factor. Um, this iPad doesn't live in this bag. Like it usually it is an iPad that I use basically every single day. Um, I keep it by my bed and it's what I will use at night in the, or in the morning if I want to use a iPad during those periods of time to read or catch up or wind down or that kind of thing. Um, that is kind of like my just like a nice iPad that I use at home for media stuff but on the road it's the ipad that i use for everything um one of the reasons that i tend to travel with the 11 inch is in case i also travel with my macbook pro but other than that i will always travel with that one it is the only ipad that i have with lte the ability to have lte mm-hmm. connection so it is my travel ipad it is you know like in essence as i say said in the past in the way that people travel with a specific laptop right like you you use a desktop at home and a laptop on the road I use my 11-inch on the road. But then sometimes I take a MacBook Pro with me as well if I'm going to be recording stuff and editing stuff on the specific trip, which isn't always. Um, I am a recent convert to the iPhone smart battery case. Um, Oh, you finally got on that that, that train. Yeah, those battery cases are amazing. Yep, because if you travel and you put your phone, your iPhone in one of those battery cases, you do not need to charge it no matter what you do to the phone on that day. And so that's really nice. Um, but I only use it when I'm traveling, so it lives in my bag, and then I will like swap over to it at some point on the trip, maybe when I'm leaving in the morning to get my way to the airport might be when I do it. But yeah, that that's when I will switch over to the smart battery case, which is wonderful. 
Um, if you use technology in the year of 2019, you need a bag which has your dongles in it because that's just a thing now. Um, so I use uh, Tom Bin maker, like a little bag called the Snake Charmer, which is just like basically for this exact type of thing. It's where you put power cables and dongles and adapters and all that kind of stuff. And I have it so like I can... I have adjusted my peak design, like the little dividers, to basically fit just perfectly around the exact size that the Snake Charmer needs. And it goes in the bottom of the bag, like the bottom compartment. So I just stuff it in mm. there, and that's where it's got everything. That's an interesting idea. And Snake Charmer, that is an amazing name for a dongle bag. Yep, that is perfect, right? Like a, a plus naming to Tom Bin on that one. That's perfect. Yep, and I in that bottom compartment also goes my huge external battery that I have. You know, like everybody has one of these. I have one, it's called the ZMI QB820, and it's very powerful. It is a 20,000 milliamp hour battery. Whoa! Yeah, uh, I got this one because uh, it can power Nintendo Switches and MacBook Pros and all that kind of stuff. It has power delivery. So what are, you, what are you bringing your switch with you in your backpack? Like, why yeah. do you need such a? Why do? You, really? Yeah, I haven't gotten to it yet, but most of the time I travel with my Nintendo Switch. Oh, okay. All it right. is a Never portable mind. console. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. Yeah, I know. It's a portable console. Like I'm, I'm aware of that. So why don't I travel with it? I don't know. I. Okay, you know what? Never mind. I I with I withdraw my snarky remark. You bring your Nintendo Switch with you. That's perfectly fine. <laughs> Next up is my Nintendo Switch, which <laughs> which uh, uh-huh. I bring with a Pro Controller. I don't even bring the Joy-Con anymore. Oh God, you're bringing the Pro Controller too. I can't use the <laughs> Joy-Con for long periods of time without it hurting my hands. So I bring the Pro Controller. Yeah, no, no one. Look, I'm with you. No one should use the joy cons everyone should use the pro controller but it's just it's particularly that you're also shoving this into the the peak everyday backpack is hilarious the middle compartment fits just this that's all that goes in there the switch and the pro controller okay um i put my switch in something called a hybrid cover so it's a cover but also a stand which is it's a very nice little thing uh, so mm. it, can, it covers up the screen, stops the screen from getting scratched. But you can also wrap it around kind of like iPad smart cover like and have it stand up on its own so I can like play it on a plane or I can play games wherever I want. I Many times I bring my Switch on a trip and don't use it. Mm-hmm. But every time I have it with me and I do use it, I'm really happy that I brought it. I'm, I'm still debating whether I continue to bring my Nintendo Switch with me on trips. Like it might end up being that... I will know in advance the type of trip where I take it. Right. I don't find myself playing it on planes very much because I tend to watch movies or TV or whatever more frequently than I would play the Nintendo, but um, I'm still debating on that. I'm going to start some trips where I don't bring it and see if it makes an effect, but on the last trip that I went on, I used it a couple of times. So, you know, like, it, it really, I think it just, it's depending on the trip now, but it is something that I do travel with because in some instances, it's a great little thing to have with you. Um, and mm-hmm. it's it's not too heavy. It's not too cumbersome. And I really, I'm not fighting for space in this bag, right? So hmm. I, I'm not, that's not the reason I wouldn't bring it. I mean, the reason I wouldn't bring it is just because then my bag is a little bit lighter, but I'm not struggling to fit stuff into this bag anyway. So, next up is a pen case 
called the Knock Co Sinclair when I bring pens on a trip, which is becoming more and more frequent. And I mean, like, my good pens, my nice fountain pens, mm-hmm. um, I will bring this. Like, I always have, like, a Retro 51 and a Rotring 600 mechanical pencil in my bag anyway. Like, they're just there. Oh, and a Sharpie, right. too. I always have a Sharpie, too. Um, but this is, this is like, if I want to bring some extra stuff, um, I will bring one of these. This is a nice little pen case, um, like a nylon pen case made by my friend Brad. And it, I really, really love it. Uh, for headphones... I use my AirPods most of the time, honestly, because mm-hmm. I like them the most. But if I want to connect with over-ear headphones, mostly because the AirPod battery is dying over an 11-hour flight, um, I keep in my yeah. bag a pair of wired B&O H6 headphones with a USB-C dongle permanently attached to the end of it <laughs> for the iPad Pro. Um, right, of course. These of course. are headphones that they sound fine, but I don't really like them very much, ultimately. I don't find them particularly comfortable, and the headband, I cannot... And this is never not a thing that I ex- experienced in the past. I cannot get the headband to be small enough. I do not have a small head, so I don't really understand why this is happening, but I feel like I always want the headphones to be smaller than they are. I don't know if I accidentally bought like the pair for big head people, because um, I've never heard... <laughs> other, I know many people that have owned these headphones and have never had this complaint, but I feel mm-hmm. like that the headphones are too big. And I kind mm-hmm. of refuse to buy any more headphones for now because I don't want to. And I'm still expecting Apple to bring out some version of over-ear headphones at some point. And I don't want to buy wireless headphones until I see that because the AirPods technology works so well. And you can buy some Beats that have some of this stuff in it, but it's the old chips, not the new chips. And I'm just, I'm hesitant to buy any. And I'm not a big fan of noise canceling. And all of the other wireless headphones are like really focused on noise canceling. So I just haven't gone down that route yet. And I use these B&O headphones like, I might use them like six or seven times a year because I don't use them on every flight even. Right. Um, Like I'll try and use the AirPods for most of the time. So, because I can, like, especially with the newer ones, because I was struggling to hear on planes with my older AirPods. I think they were just dying slowly, right? But the new ones, they seem to be louder and they, they do a good job for me. When you say you're expecting Apple to come out with over-ear headphones, do you mean like with a little headband on top? Or yes. are you talking about something like, okay. No, like, like a like a BNOH6, like a Sony okay. MK3 or whatever they are, the, or like uh, the Bose okay. Comfort. Okay. This has been a rumor for a while, and it kind of makes sense um, that, they hmm. would, that they would make a product like this, you know, because it's like just a further extension of what AirPods are, even though they do own Beats, you know, but I don't think that that makes a difference. I have, you know, obviously I'm, I'm a bit out of the loop on that one. That, that seems like a like a rumor I really wouldn't be holding off a, on a headphone purchase for. Maybe they will. I feel like I'd be surprised. I mean, but I don't have any that I particularly want, right? Like, I don't... I mean, I'm, I'm not dying for a new pair of headphones. I don't like what I have, mm. but I don't really want to spend all the money on a pair of headphones that I'm not that keen about anyway. So... Yeah. You know, I haven't tried these new ones, the Sony ones that everybody likes, and Bose just came out with a new version of the Quiet Comfort. And maybe if I tried them, I would like them, but it's not something that I'm really that desperate for, so I have no problem waiting. I'll probably wait until the end hmm. of the year and then, then think about making a, a purchase. Hmm. Hmm. Oh, and I always have a glasses cleaner. I don't know why I felt the need to put that in there, but if you are, I think it's more like if you're a person that wears glasses, 
put a microfiber glasses cleaner in your backpack. You will thank me later. Like it's it seems like such a simple thing, but if your glasses get dirty when you're traveling and you then have to try and clean them with a t-shirt, you're just never going to be happy. Like just put yeah. a glasses cleaner in your backpack. Yeah. And it doubles as a screen cleaner. It doubles as a screen cleaner, yeah. But just just trust me on that one. Just put it in there. They're kind of like the main things that I have. You know, I'll have like various medications, right? Like always just put some spares in the bag, you know, like, Mm -hmm. I don't know, like pain pills and allergy medicine and all that kind of stuff. Just get all that in there. And like a little notebook. I'll put like a field notes notebook or something in the bag. Uh, And that's about it. That's about what goes in my bag. Interesting. I I may totally steal that snake charmer. For my own setup. Don't steal mine. Just buy your own. <laughs> I need mine. It's got all my dongles in it. <laughs> that's, that, but that's why I want to steal yours is because all the dongles you will be nicely arranged for okay. me. Yeah. It's not neatly arranged. <laughs> it is. They're just in there. Oh, okay. Well, then maybe I will get my own. Yeah, it's a, it's a great little bag for that kind of stuff. And it does fit really nicely in the Peak Design if, if that's the mm-hmm. bag you're still using. So when I originally got the Peak Design again, like two summers ago, I really liked it, but by the end of the summer traveling, the a bunch of the things that were sort of different about that bag, I, I ended up being a little frustrated with, and I moved away from it for a while. I actually bought another Peak Design backpack while I was traveling this summer because I realized I'd made a terrible mistake by abandoning it and that I, I needed it uh, for what I was doing. So what I have realized for my travel setup is the mistake I was making is I was I was treating the peak design more like this is this is an extension of my suitcase setup and I'm going to put the most vital things that I need for traveling in this bag that is never more than a you know a hands reach away. And so I was putting I was putting a little bit of of like travel stuff in there in the sense of like toothpaste and a toothbrush and medications and, and a couple of like travel things like that. And then I was kind of getting frustrated with when I was on the road wanting to do like go somewhere to work. But then I was also bringing a backpack that had a bunch of stuff that I didn't need to bring with me out to Starbucks, that kind of thing. Mm. So the the thing that I settled on this summer, which worked out really well, was to just be like, no, no, no. I'm going to have a very strict rule for the peak design, which is this is going to contain only what I need for like a day's worth of of work. So this isn't going to have any any travel stuff. I'm just going to put that in my in my carry on bag. And and accept that some of these like vital items might have to go under the plane if I end up in one of those tiny, teeny, tiny planes, or like they don't let you take anything on board except your your smallest bag. And that's been fine. I've been much happier with that. Of like, oh, what is the role of this backpack? The role of this backpack is I should be able to grab it at any point in time, and then just go for the day and know that I'm perfectly fine work wise. Um, because what I had been trying before is I had bought one of the Tom Bin Daylight backpacks. And the, these are these like, it's a super thin backpack that you can just, like it, if you take everything out of it, it collapses to nothing. So you can just throw it on the top of a suitcase and, and, and zip it up like it's absolutely nothing. And my original thought was, oh, I will use this to put stuff in when I want to go out to work. But then I was 
routinely finding like, oh, I'm at Starbucks, but I don't have the charger for my headphones or, oh, I forgot to bring this other little thing. And I hated yep. like minding this other backpack. And like, yep. I never want to have to think about what do I need to bring? Like, that's a real frustration. And especially when you're traveling and you're in unusual environments, like the probability of forgetting something increases by 20 million percent. Wow, that's that's some interesting science you've done there. Yes, yeah, no, I, I have I have some numbers to back that up. What do you think I've been doing for seventy three days, <laughs> just just crunching <laughs> yeah. these numbers? Yeah, while I do really like that daylight backpack, I realize this is not the solution that I'm looking for. So, anyway, my everyday backpack is my like now work one. And let me let me reach over and grab it. Ugh. <sighs> Because I, I was not prepared for this. Let me see what I actually have in it, having literally stepped off an airplane just a few hours ago. It's the perfect time. Okay, so... This is ASMR right now. No, don't. What I, what I don't need is more channels. We don't need to start gray SMR. Oh, but you got the name, though. <laughs> no, I don't. Okay, so in the slot in the top, what will just barely fit is the big ipad pro and a 15 inch laptop yeah, oh 15 i have a 13 and it would yeah. crunch its way in there it, it'll just fit and i also have the keyboard case on my ipad I, I honestly think if it was one millimeter thicker with those two things it wouldn't fit yep but it'll it'll like what? It'll just make it. Um, but you're definitely compromising on some of the interior space at that point because you can see like it's it's bulging. Yes. It's bulging out from there. Um, it's one of those situations but, where you then open the laptop and you see the keys imprinted on the on the screen. Yeah. <laughs> You've pushed yeah. it to its maximum. Yeah, that's that's as far as you want to go. But this is also partly why uh, I do I have decided that I really want to try to get a smaller laptop next time around, especially with some of the like the screen sharing features. Uh, like that's you're gonna the, be that's so sad. Thing. You're just gonna be so sad. Uh, again, the rumor is the next big change is a 16 inch MacBook. I know, Pro, which is gonna I know. be all the bells and all the whistles, and it's gonna be amazing. And that's the one you're gonna buy because you're gonna be really excited about it. Um, well, so there you go. my my frustration is that's going to be the. The, the like the new shiny laptop and that there just isn't going to be a like a smaller shiny version they will make a smaller shiny one but it will be later because i mean the, yes, the rumors are saying yeah. that this laptop is going to be very expensive because it's going to be all brand new so they have to only make it in the big one yeah so i don't know what's going to happen but i expect to be frustrated with what are my what are my choices for equipment plus let's not even discuss the additional complication of of still like so what machines can run that nice display we don't know we'll find out later yep. so i'm expecting to be very frustrated computer wise in a couple of months i can't but. wait to come to your house and see that display <laughs> and the mac pro that you buy in the meantime i have uh so these two things shoved into my everyday peak backpack um all right stuff that i've got in the top so I have my absolutely vital refuse to step on a plane without them noise canceling headphones. Which one do you use? You use the old Bose Quiet Comfort thirty fives, right? Is that what you're using? So I I use those for a while. Um, but when I say I refuse to step on a plane without them, I mean that quite literally. And on one of my more recent trips, I can't remember what happened, but I 
I lost the bows or I just forgot to pack them or something. Uh, and I was at an airport and I realized I did not have noise canceling headphones. And I went to one of those like Best Buy vending machines, <laughs> uh, which I always I always felt like, oh, who are the, who are the poor bastards who have to use these things? Well, guess what? It was me. They only exist for that exact situation that you're in. Yes, that's that's precisely why. And out of the machine popped the new version of the Sony's, which are the uh, XM3s. Yeah, there's like a so- something, 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 1000, something, 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 three. Yeah, they're terrible. They're terribly I don't understand. Named. Sony can come up with names like Walkman, Trinitron, yeah. like fantastic brand names. But then they just, like, I don't understand 1000 XM3 nonsense. Like, just just sort it out, Sony. Come on. Yeah, it's 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 a terrible name. WH-1000XM3. Yeah. <laughs> that is the name of these yeah. headphones. Very memorable, easy to communicate to other people. Rolls off the tongue. Rolls off the tongue. But they are amazing for noise canceling. They're they're clearly better than the Bose headphones that I was using, but they're also like the latest generation of this stuff. Lots of people are I mean there's now it's now a toss up between these and the brand new Bose ones. Like I've seen a bunch of different reviews. Some people are saying Sony still wins, some are saying that Bose are taking the crown again. So Mm-hmm. Yeah, more for you to think about when next time you lose your headphones. Yeah, but the, like I've, I'm totally, I'm very happy with these. I find them very comfortable. Um, but yeah, I like, I will not get on a plane without them. Mm. And so, but you know, when I was on the plane previously, like I slept the whole night playing airplane noises over my noise canceling headphones. My favorite, right? Thing. On the on the plane, I know you like that so much. It's Mike. the best. I, you could do. You could choose anything. Anything. I love that you choose just the same noises. I'll cancel out that airplane noise. Give me my own. I want my own airplane noise. No, it's it's the people, Mike. Oh, no, I know. You're I understand. Out the you people. want to cancel out the people. You want to cancel out the crying babies. You want to cancel out the conversations. Like I get it, but it's just still hilarious yeah. to me that you play more airplane noise. I see the logic, right? Because then there's nothing disorientating happening. You're not listening to a rainforest. You know, you know where you are, but it's still just brilliant. Yes, okay. I'm glad that makes you happy. It does. Okay, in addition then, I also have Kindle Oasis. Not the current latest latest, but the previous generation Kindle. This is the square one, right? This is the square one. I have a like a travel case for it just because I'm a, I'm much more rugged with it and I think it needs something to protect the screen a little bit and it's a, it's a case that folds out into being a nice little stand, so it's just easy to like put on a tray table and read a book with that. It frustrates me how much space this thing takes up, but I have the Logitech Ergo trackball mouse. That's what I use with my laptop, and I find it most comfortable, especially for traveling, because you can be in a small space and not have to move the mouse around. You're just using the trackball. So I've got that in there. I've got one of these lacy, rugged drives that you see every YouTuber in the whole wide world using. Uh, That's the Time Machine. Oh, the orange one. Yeah, the orange ones. Like, I don't, I don't know when we all got together and decided these were the ones. Uh, but it's like, okay, this is whatever YouTuber uses, and I'm not too afraid of dropping it because it has all of this extra casing around it. Um, so yeah, I've got that thing in here to be the time machine, which has totally uh, saved my butt a couple times. And then what do I, what do I have shoved in the bottom here? Uh, okay, so then I ha- I have some filming stuff. So I have the Moment K2 
case for my phone, which allows you to put these uh, extra lenses on your iPhone. And I've got one of the Moment wide-angle lenses, which are really nice for uh, getting much broader shots sometimes mm. with the iPhone. Also for the iPhone, I have this very little Shure microphone that will plug into the lightning port of the iPhone. Yeah. Uh, and I use this for backup recordings of podcasts on the road. And I also have recorded more than a few ads on the road using, using this microphone on the phone, um, which yep. can be, if you're in a quiet environment, like just passable for a real microphone. Uh, so I've got that. And then at the very bottom here. Oh, what else do I have? Oh, I have a I have a super slim external battery with just a lightning cable on it as emergency backup for the phone. I don't have a 20 million milliamp battery for my switch because I don't carry also, my switch you know, with me. It, it charges everything. Everything. It will yes. charge everything multiple times. Yeah, I I honestly find it's only the phone is the thing that I ever run into a problem with. So I just mm. have this little tiny battery to act as the backup for. I don't want to be stuck somewhere. I just need to charge the phone up once. Oh, I, I also have one of those Mophie ones with the integrated uh, lightning cable uh, in my backpack right. as well. It's in. It lives in my dongle bag. Right. Uh, and then I have uh, this this camera that I totally am in love with, which is the DJI Osmo Pocket. It's this ah. really tiny little gimbal camera, but it is amazing. Like I, I got it for this trip for a couple of projects, and it's just it is a fantastic ratio of quality to size. And so this thing is just going to live in my backpack for forever because um, it is really tiny, but can get just much better, more stabilized shots than the iPhone ever can. So it's it's a fantastic, fantastic little camera to just have on you. And it like it weighs nothing and it comes with a nice little case. Uh, so I can easily just throw it in the bag. So now, you know the everyday backpack has these two wings on the side where mm -hmm. you, you can put other stuff. So the two wings I divide into technology and biology. <laughs> So the technology wing is where all of my dongles live. Uh -huh. So that's where uh, I, try, I try to keep it so that I have a wire for everything. So it's like I've got the USB-C wires. I've got the micro USB. I have an Apple Watch charger. I have a spare Apple Pencil in there just in case I ever lose the main one that's attached to my iPad. Because boy, is it annoying if you don't have the pencil. So that's where all like miscellaneous little technology junk lives a, a cf card reader because we you know because apple won't put a cf card reader in the laptop wait you know how people are like oh i'm so angry they don't have the headphone jack people are like still angry about that like an sd card oh yeah sorry i always think of them as like compact flash yes that's a, very, yeah, SD that's cards. a very specific thing you're asking for yeah no no it's yeah sd card reader is what i mean i don't know why in my head i always think of them as cf cards but um yeah there's no sd card reader so i have like that the, that little adapter thing. No one's asking for a compact flash card reader on this. Yeah. No, I guess <laughs> not. 
But yeah, I think I think though I might steal your idea and maybe change the technology thing to just all exist in one of those snake charmer bags because I have a yeah. little bit of space to spare in my main compartment, and I do find the side wings. They're sort of my least favorite part about the backpack because yeah. I think on the tr- on the twenty liter version, a lot of their pockets are too small too to small. actually be yeah. useful. Yeah, yeah. In like old orientations. Yeah, it's it's just too small, so I might get rid of that. But then my biology side is basically all of the stuff that you need for being a machine made out of meat. So mm-hmm. I have. Aspirin for headaches. I have earplugs for noise canceling. I've got a couple medications. I always keep with me a spare like sleeve of contact lenses just in case, uh, in case either my glasses break for some reason or if I'm wearing contacts. Every once in a while, like you'll accidentally kind of knock a contact out or just some contact a contact doesn't feel right. So uh, it's very important to always be able to see. So I have some some backup eyes basically. And then I have, I always try to keep like three little food supplements. So there's like a pack of, did you hear that? There's a pack of my preferred beef jerky that I keep in that side and like a little thing of pistachios or almonds or something like that. So that's the, that's the biology side of, I always have some food and some like basic stuff to fix being a human. And that lives on the other side of my backpack. But so though I think that's just about everything. Yeah, that's everything that is in the backpack coming straight off of a trip. That's my backpack setup, Mike. There you go. This episode is brought to you by Eero. The single router model just doesn't work in our high bandwidth world. It's all in the physics. Like light waves, Wi-Fi waves don't travel through walls very easily. It's kind of like if you imagined asking a light bulb in your living room to light your master bedroom. It's just not going to work. A little light might get through, but it's just not going to get the whole way. You need a distributed system. And with Eero, you can install an enterprise-grade Wi-Fi system in your home in just a few minutes. You download the Eero app on your iOS or Android device. It walks you through the entire step of the process. It's quick, easy, and painless. And if for any reason you run into a problem, they have incredible customer support, so you can call and speak to a Wi-Fi expert within 30 seconds. And if you're not sure how many any Eros you're going to need in your home, they can help with that too. I have used Eero products and they're awesome. I love the way they look and I love the way they work, right? So everything works fantastically. You get wonderful connection no matter where you are. If you're upstairs, if you're outside, if you're in the front room, it doesn't matter because they have this wonderful system. I love the little Eero beacons. These are just simple things that you plug into any socket in your home and it extends your Wi-Fi connection. And I love that they have a little nightlight built into them too. How useful and awesome is that? Never think about Wi-Fi again and get $100 off the Eero base unit and two beacons packed Package and one year of Eero Plus by going to Eero.com slash Cortex. That's E-E-R-O.com slash Cortex. And at checkout, enter Cortex as the offer code. And you must use this URL to get this offer. Eero.com slash Cortex. Enter the code Cortex. And you will get $100 off the Eero base unit and two beacons package and a year of Eero Plus included. Our thanks to Eero for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. So I feel like I can't let this episode go by without talking about the theme system journal a little bit. Oh, well, we have to talk about the theme journal after what happened last time. Yeah, so, all right. Well, look, you never really know how something's going to go when you're trying something new. 
And we spoke mm-hmm. on our last episode in person, which feels like a very long time ago now, um, about, you know, I, especially more than you, was very nervous about putting the, the Theme System Journal on sale. I was yep. worried we wouldn't sell them. We And we sold, we sold out in 90 minutes of the episode being posted. I was absolutely blown away. I consider it one of my greatest personal accomplishments because people seemed excited about something that I'd kind of like conceived, designed, and made. Like it was like a dream of mine to be able to make a product like this. And people seemed mm-hmm. very excited about it. Um, so it sold out incredibly fast. So many people have been asking what the plan is now. The plan is I'm literally making 10 times more. That's the plan, uh, mm-hmm. which is in and of itself horrifically nerve wracking. So basically right now, if you go to cortexmerch.com, you can find the theme system journal listed there and there is an email uh, sign-up thing. Uh, You can put your email address in there and as soon as we have the next round of the theme system journal in stock, you'll get an email to tell you it's in stock. I would love to tell you when that's going to be. Soon is the answer. They're being made right now. Um, mm-hmm. I want to talk about a little bit of the frustration, some new frustrations I have with the manufacturing process. Talk about that in a minute. Um, but we have more being made. So if you are interested, yeah. put your email address into that box, which is on, which is at cortexmerch.com, and Cotton Bureau will send you an email when we have more in stock. This is another example of the the uncertainties of physical products. And you know, you said you were more nervous than I when we put it up for sale. But I, I think I think that's because when I saw it in real life, I felt like, oh, this is great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, the, the, you know, the, the instantiation of it for the first version came out really well. And, uh, you know, I got to see that in person when we spoke last time. But you just don't know. And, uh, you know, like I, I've dealt with trying to get iterations on physical products made and it's it's always shocking how long it takes and even when you think you have the quote final version like you just you just never really know until you have a real production line set up and like my i expected that we we would sell out i didn't think it was going to be 90 minutes uh but this is this is also a case of just the the tremendous difficulty of trying to guess about an unknown demand in advance, which is mm-hmm. just fundamentally impossible. And then also knowing that if you guess really wrongly, you could be left with stock that now you have to manage and becomes a, a sort of problem. Because now we are, I'm making another really big guess and I'm trying to make an educated guess. And my plan is that like this order that I've made will be for many, many months of stock. That we will have. That's that's my hope. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen. Like we could put them on sale and they could go again, or we could put yeah. them on sale and we have enough for the next year. I don't know, but I'm betting with it. And I'm like, okay, this is. I'm going to try and make an educated guess about this because I would ideally like to have enough stock to last us the rest of the year. I don't know what the amount is going to do. Like, so it is literally ten times is the amount that I'm ordering, which is yeah. a lot more. <laughs> but we're just going to go with it. Yeah. We, we spend a bunch of time trying to talk about this. And and yeah, like, I, I, you know, when I, when I first saw the actual prototype, I was immediately thinking that we should order 
more, but it but it is like it's just a guess. Who knows? Yeah, I could be guess. wrong. Mm-hmm. It is difficult to describe how nerve wracking it is when it is your own money on the line of like we need to buy these things in advance yep. to sell them. But yep. but the the thing that about selling out so quickly in the it's not like we underguessed a little. I think we underguessed way too far. No, we underguessed yeah. significantly. We overshot under by a lot. Yeah. So again, it's like one of the reasons I'm ordering 10 times the amount is because within 48 hours, 10 times the amount of people that bought the notebook or that we had available put their information into the tell me when there's more field in the, mm-hmm. in the website. Now, I know how these types of things work, and I know that there's only going to be a percentage of those people when they get that email that actually buy it. But yeah. the demand or the like for the book was, was pretty significant, which... I will say right now, I am absolutely flattered by, and it is a very wonderful feeling for me that people seem so excited about it. And I am genuinely yeah. sorry that we did not have enough to, yeah, to to meet the the requirements of the of our listeners. Like, I really wished. Look, nobody wishes that we have more of these than I do. No one <laughs> yeah. on the planet wishes that we have more of these than I do because I want people to have this thing. And I hate that we have to wait because I don't know when it's going to be. I know it's still many weeks away before we will have these to sell again. But I do know that they're being made. Yeah. And it's also, I got, again, as, as people who are making things that we want people to enjoy, it's, it's a weird experience knowing that somebody who listened to Cortex right when it came out and said, oh, I just want to finish the show and then I'll order that journal, would have missed it. Yes. Right, like that's that's a that's an unsatisfying experience for a listener yep. that we have unintentionally created through the way that we, we did this. Yeah. It's like, that shouldn't be the case. Like, while it's great that it's sold out, you don't you don't want it to be like someone who, who listened to the show the minute it came out and the first thing they did was they went to go order one and they were too slow. Like, it's a bad experience. And that was like pretty much everybody's experience right was like this as soon as we said go to cortexmarch.com and buy it they couldn't because they weren't there anymore and and like so you know i don't want that to happen which is why i am ordering so many like i really feel like we can't sell out this fast again with the amount that i've ordered that is like my feeling on this so but that's my hope (laughs) right that's my hope like that we are like intentionally ordering to the point that i feel like it shouldn't happen but i will say if you're on that email list when you get that email buy it as soon as you can because i don't know what's going to happen right like we don't know because we were clearly so thrown off guard this first time i don't know what the next time's going to be so it has been a really interesting experience for me. It has been really nerve-wracking to see them arriving with people. Like people have been taking pictures and been getting feedback. Most of the yeah. feedback that we've been getting tracks with what I was already thinking, which is great. Like the things that people say, I would like to see this, I would like to see this. It's like, yeah, I agree with you. So yeah, that's good yeah. news. Yeah, it's been very interesting to see the feedback and see how people are using it. It's like mm-hmm. I, I do I really do appreciate that people are taking the time to write out and and send in detailed feedback. Oh, I've been getting Great, just like great feedback. Like people have been sending it on Reddit. They've been emailing it to me. Like it's been wonderful. Like and it's in it's. I'm I'm just really pleased to see that people are seeing what I see, which is great. Mm-hmm. And but the overall feedback has been excellent, and I am so thrilled by it. Like 
the way that people talk about the quality of the book, which is for me right now the most important thing. Like the inside yeah. layout is the thing that's more subject to change than the actual quality of the notebook itself. So now as well, like I have been using it myself every day for the last couple of months. And I am now at a point where I'm going to stop calling it a beta. That came for me from a place of uh, insecurity with the product and with my... Cons- I was like, I felt like an imposter, right? Like it's that imposter syndrome again. Oh, I'm, I'm so happy, Mike. I'm, so, I'm like, I'm so happy. I'm so happy that you're here. Yeah. Because, because again, like, you know, I, I have this very different experience of, of like when I saw the thing in real life, I was like, oh, this is totally a great product one. And and I know that you felt much more uncertain about it yep. at that point in time. But it's also because like you were so much closer to the thing. Mm-hmm. Like so it's it's harder to view it in an objective way. And and yeah, like like I think it is it's it is a real version zero for people to try and give feedback on but it's also like it the thing that exists is an actual usable product as well and i'm really happy to hear that like you feel that way about it too that like you've come you've come around to this what the book needs the most and one of the main reasons i was calling it a beta is it needs instructions that's what it needs it needs something to say this is what you use each section for and I feel like we haven't had a way to explain it really clearly. There are a bunch of people that just get it, but there are people that don't get it as much. So mm-hmm. what I'm going to do by the time that the next set goes on sale is there will be an online set of instructions. I'm going to build a website that people can go to and the instructions will be there. And then when we make a revision to the notebook, which will happen at some point, hopefully for the third printing, there will be an instru- like a basic instructions page which says, here's what you can roughly use the book for, go to the website, because the website will have actual, I'm going to take scans of my some of the pages in my notebooks and people can see how I use it, and I want to really go into more detail and also adapt it over time, because my feeling is as the book changes and if it changes, it will become more and more difficult to make those changes in the notebook itself from an instructions perspective. So we may as well have a website Mm. for it because then the website can become a home for more information about the theme system in its entirety. So that's my plan now. Mm. And I, and I'm, I'm pretty happy with that. I still need to complete the website. It's not even nearly at a point yet, but like I'm working on that. And that's how I want to kind of, bridge the gap and what that also does for me is the the first edition it's just a reprint of what we made before and i don't want this notebook to be more widely available without there being a home for more instructions Mm -hmm. i've realized it is very difficult to explain this system over audio it needs a visual component so i'm gonna Mm -hmm. do that and i'm gonna build that and we're gonna make it a place for people so nothing exists yet but it will so that's the thing that I'm working on. But I am at a place now where I feel much more confident calling this, like this is the first edition. There are tweaks to be made, but honestly now having used it for the amount of time that I've been using it, I feel that the tweaks are iterative, not transformative. And I was always concerned that they would be transformative, like that we would need to like basically rip out and start again some parts, but I don't think that's the mm-hmm. case. Like there's some stuff that could be sized better. 
we could put more days or less days on the daily theme section. Like, I just haven't worked out what it is yet, right? Like, because there's some mm-hmm. stuff like mm-hmm. many people ask, why are there 12 days? Well, the reason there's 12 days is because, or like 12 like columns for days is because that's what fit. And I can maybe make it fit a bit differently. Yeah, and that's a, that's a totally reasonable point that had never really crossed my mind. And then I, I saw that in some of the feedback. I was like, oh, yeah, that is confusing if you, if you just, yeah, it makes more sense, you know, to, to 12 is, is the wrong number. Right, but the, here's the thing. <laughs> What's the right number? I don't know yet, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, we put 12 mm-hmm. on there because 12 fit. And because I didn't know, what, would I do 7? But that's going to make it too big. So, do 14? But that doesn't make sense because yeah. what about people that don't track on the weekend? So, I just picked a number. Right, because I right. don't do it on the weekend, so fourteen would mean that I always have extra days, right? So it's going to be like two and two thirds of a week. Like it doesn't make. So I just don't know the answer to that yet. So there are there's some stuff about it which is like, why is it that way? Well, because we designed it without ever having one. So it needed mm-hmm. I needed to be able to have one and use one to understand how to do it myself. And there's some other little bits that I want to change, but I still think that. This notebook that we've made not only is a good product, I feel like it lives up to the system that I've tried to build. So um, I'm that that's why it's like now I feel like, great, I am comfortable selling this to more people because I think that what we have is a very good product that from a quality perspective is better than other stuff that I've tried from more established companies. And I believe in the system. I use it every day. I'm very happy with it. I just think I need to be able to better communicate it. So that's that's the biggest change that I'm going to make. But Mike, could you add a ribbon? Oh, God. You you know what I want to do, Gray? I really want to add a ribbon. So here's the thing. <laughs> the notebook <laughs> is split into sections that you refer to every day. So what it really ideally needs is a bookmark, right? I have learned this mm-hmm. through using it. It's like bookmarks would be great. Ribbon bookmarks would be awesome. So we spoke to the manufacturer. Can we have ribbon bookmarks? Seems easy enough, right? So you'd have two ribbons. You'd put one on where your daily journal page is, one on where your daily themes page is for that time, and you just open them where you need them. Great. Not not, not great. The type of notebook no. that we make cannot easily have a ribbon added to it. And the reason is, if you put the ribbon in when the book is being made, it gets cut off when they trim the pages. So when they're done binding the book, they trim the edges so they're uniform, right? That cuts the ribbon off. So then we were like, is there a different way to glue it in? We have tried every way we can. I've been working with... This is, this is the other part of the problem, right? Is like, there are so, there's like, I'm a bit lost in this process. I don't understand this process. So I talk to Tom and Dan at Studio Neat, who then talk to our manufacturers, and then they go out and try and make it, and then it goes backwards and forwards. Like, right now, mm-hmm. this is not a world that we have experience in. So the process can be slow, and it is filled with things that I need to learn. I will learn how to communicate better and deal with these issues, but it's going to take time, right? But like, right now, we're going to have to go back to the drawing board about adding bookmarks into this thing. It is not going to be a part of the first edition notebook because the way that we have the process set up, I can't do it. And the uh, we could explore other options, but it is going to delay the printing of this notebook because it may require significant changes to need to be made to the design if we can do it at all, right? Because ribbons are usually in books with hard covers on them. Because what you can do is glue the ribbon between the two hardcover sections because the trimming is done before the cover's added. 
But that's not the way that our notebook can be made because the cover is added at a different point, point of the process. It's like a whole thing. So like we would have to completely change the manufacture and design of the notebook to add it. I think it's important. I don't think it's that important. You can just get a bookmark of your own, right? Yes. Well, this is also another example of everybody has this experience where you sort of say, oh, why doesn't product X also do Y? It's an obvious thing. And you look at it, the, oh, why isn't there a ribbon? And it's like, oh, well, if we were going to add a ribbon, it might add a, like a year's delay to yep. when the next version comes out. Mm-hmm. Because then like the whole process has to start over of, of like checking the quality and and you know, you'd end up with different binding that the page sizes could be different. Like, And it's, it always, again, for people who have not been involved in physically manufacturing something, it sounds insane to say that a reasonable estimate might be it would take a year to add a ribbon, right? But it's like, but it's, having done this now, I can see that it could easily be a situation mm-hmm. like that of, of like, you just end up with these, these knock-on effects. So this is, this is a, a case of having to make design decisions and i agree ribbons would be cool but i'm like not worth a year's delay in a project that already took us way longer than we ever imagined it was going to take because i'm not using a bookmark in mine it takes me a couple of extra seconds to find the page right and and so like i would like it but it is not imperative and for people that it is imperative for you can very easily add a bookmark to this like there are companies like muji that sell ribbons that you can stick into books for this exact purpose books that don't have bookmarks right so like it is mm-hmm. easy to do it is not an impossible thing that we would make them and sell them too right like we just make our own like that's that how do you get over it we sell our own bookmarks i've thought about this but i i'm not uh, yeah to i was gonna say i mean this yeah this is this is obviously the next logical ex- extension i even have a name i even have a name for it which is Oh, two is one, one is none, because you'd have to sell two yes, of them. Yes, that's right. Uh, that's yes. that's kind of my idea. We riff on that somehow, because really you need two ribbons for this notebook, which was what I was going to do, because there's two sections you come back to. Right. So we actually need to sell three ribbons then. Yes, because you need two. Two, two yeah. is one and one is none. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like we're, <laughs> we're selling hot dogs and hot dog buns in different numbers. Yeah. <laughs> you can buy one journal, but you have to buy three bookmarks. <laughs> <laughs> but like, this is an example of like, we would, people was people were saying like uh, they wanted to hear more about the process right because we spoke about it very briefly in the last episode but like this is part of what is what is going on here it's like i'm having to make we're having to make these decisions and we're making gambles every time yeah it it is always a gamble I, i think our like our first gamble paid off mostly but but also was yeah yeah, but this is what I mean. Like, it's a funny kind of payoff. Yes. Like, it paid off, but in a way that we actually felt like, oh, we also completely missed the mark at the same time. Yeah, we both paid off and screwed up. Like, that's like... <laughs> yes. It was... A, it was. This is this weird thing where, like, it succeeded too hard. That's the problem. Yes. And, like, again, very happy that it happened, but very frustrated that we didn't have more faith in ourselves, I guess. But, but like, so I will disagree with you there, though, because, again, we didn't know until the final one showed up. It's one of those hindsight things. We never could have known until we did it. Yes. But I really wished we'd done it differently. <laughs> yeah, but we, but like, I, I take us off the hook in the sense that we, we 
purchase the correct number given that we didn't know what it was going to be like. Yes, yes. And and as we said last time, like particularly for you, you know, you had the veto on this product that if it wasn't up to the quality that you wanted, it, we were just going to, you know, pulp the whole thing. And at that point, if we had said, oh, let's, let's order 10,000 of them, I'm sure this first one will turn out amazing. And if it hadn't, then we would have really been screwed. Yeah, because we would have had way too many of them, right? Like we ordered yeah. kind of the smallest amount that we could conceivably order. There's a funny thing, you yeah. know, like in the it, because of the size of the order, like there's a bunch of stuff that has to change. So now I need to do and have random spot checked books sent to me. Right, right. Because we're ordering so many, there can be production line variations. So now before they're sent out to Cotton Bureau... A random selection of the books has to be picked and sent to me so I can check the quality of them. Right. This is, we're entering into a new phase here, my friend. <laughs> yes, well, join that email list. Yes. And hopefully we will have some more journals for you very soon. And please keep sending in that feedback about how you're using it and what, and what you think about it. Because it's very interesting to read and very helpful for thinking about future iterations on what we're doing here.